computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Welcome to the IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast, where each episode we discuss technology but in a simple way. We keep the explanation simple, but what we spend our time on is emphasizing what this technology means to you and how you can best utilize this technology for you and your business. Your host, as always, Thomas Angleo. Welcome to the IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Inglero, Director of Innovation here at IBM, and we have another amazing episode. This episode is all about infrastructure, and that is not boring anymore. Today's guest is IBM Finland's country manager for systems. Basically, he is the man for infrastructure. And he's young. He's been promoted up the ladder. <laughs> Beck, while making you seem really good. He's been promoted up the ladder decades ahead of everybody else. He is the future of infrastructure. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Peko Paivarinta. Peko, are you with us? Uh, thank you. Yes, Thomas. And, and thank you for the kind words. Uh, uh, I, I have had the, the, uh, a bit different introduction of <laughs> Uh, as, I, as, as mentioned, I've, uh, I've usually put it the other way. I started uh, very late, late in the 90s and, and uh, uh, did uh, technical stuff first and, and then uh, ran out of uh, technical skills. So they made me a sales guy and, and then did sales for, for quite a few years and, and ran out of sales skills and, and they made me a manager. So <laughs> it's a different okay. angle, but yes, thank you very much. We, lo- we love you, Paco. We love you. Listen, um, the discussion, this is this, I'm so excited to talk to you because the one of the elephants in the room today is that cloud computing is getting so much attention, huge amounts of attention. Um, so many business people think that they have to go to the cloud. They must go to the cloud. But in reality, Every company has a basement full of servers. They have an infrastructure, an existing infrastructure. And so where I want to start this discussion is, why is infrastructure important, though today's infrastructure? What's the benefit of today's infrastructure? Where is it going? So basically what I'm saying to the people listening out there, why is the equipment, all that capital expenditure you spent in your basement, why is it important to have it to keep it going? And in what scenario should we go to the cloud? Peko, I want to cover this whole thing because this is something no one ever talks about in meetings. They always talk about the cloud, but there is life in the basement, right? There's life in everything we built. So Peko, could you just, just, just start us off? What is the current situation with all the equipment we have in the basement? Is that stuff junk? Should we just move everything to the cloud? Or is that stuff, what is the future of all that equipment we have? Go for it, Peko. Yes, Uh we, we definitely should talk about cloud. That, that is something I, I want to highlight. But, uh, but public cloud alone is, is usually not the answer to, to all, of the, all of the questions. So, so there's definitely a, a big play uh, in the hybrid world where, where you have uh, local infrastructure, whether in your own basement or at your local service provider. And then some of the stuff uh, in in uh, in the public cloud. Uh, 
And and some of the key areas we talk with the client. Oh, hold on a second. You keep you said public cloud. Let's simplify it for everybody. What do you mean by public cloud? Be specific, please. Uh, public cloud, like the IBM public cloud, like uh, Amazon, like Microsoft, Google Cloud. Okay, you're talking about. Uh, and, okay. and, I just want to keep it yes. simple for everybody. So when you talk about when we say to our public cloud, we have that picture on ahead. Please continue. Sorry, go right ahead. Yes, uh, and those are important. But there's uh, several reasons why the hybrid model is is uh, in in my point of view the way forward. The the reasons include uh, regulations. So you you need to have data in certain uh, uh, areas or certain countries. The, the reasons being latency. As far as I know, we haven't uh, uh, invented anything uh, faster than uh, speed of light. So if you <laughs> need to have low latency, you, you really need to have your, your gear near to your, your uh, production, for example. Okay, Pekka, hold, hold on. A moment ago, yes. you used the word hybrid cloud. Let's explain to everybody what is hybrid, please. Hybrid cloud is a combination of your... Uh, on-premises, uh, private cloud, and the public cloud uh, hosted by the by the big players. And what you were saying a moment ago was that there is advantages to having your own, your keeping your infrastructure. And one of them, you were saying, two of them, you saying one was regulation, the other one was latency, because nothing's quicker than having actual well, the, the the latency to your basement is the quickest versus uh, pinging an Amazon or an IBM cloud, correct? That is correct. But it's, okay. it's not only limited to, to those two uh, elements. There's the TCO, license, licensing cost, and all those are the, the reasons behind of, of going to hybrid, uh, hybrid model. And TCO is total cost of ownership? Correct. TCO uh, covering not only the hardware or the cloud uh, infrastructure, but it, it covers the, the uh, software licensing cost. It covers the service support uh, and, and so forth. Okay, wait a minute. Are you saying that the, the TCO, the total cost ownership of the infrastructure, having my own servers and, and uh, having my own servers is actually cheaper than the uh, cloud happening having all my services up in the cloud i'm sorry what did you say uh not always not always okay can you not, just be more specific please when when uh, there's a peak loads and and uh, uncertainty of the of the workloads then the public cloud is a great place to to have your your uh, infrastructure or part of it in the public cloud but if you have a, a, a stable workload, uh, not many changes, uh, then most likely the TCO on, on uh, private cloud on-premises is the way forward. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what about, what about um, you, you mentioned with peak loads and... Um, just in terms of innovation, a lot of these companies, um, they have the infrastructure, they have their investment in the basement, but they don't want to fall behind. They want to be innovative. They want to use some of the newest services and things like that. You being an infrastructure guy, right? Um, when it comes to innovation, 
how do you see it? Can I innovate from my basement or should I innovate with the cloud? Should I do something hybrid, which is a little bit of both? How do you see going forward with all the newest services? You know, when we were talking offline, you were saying that you've uh, been working with all the acquisitions that IBM have made, all these companies who have the latest technology. Can you give us a, explain how does that work? Innovation in the world of infrastructure versus innovation in the world of cloud. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Luckily, I'm from Finland, and, and uh, uh, back when uh, Nokia mobile phone was a big company, there, were, there was a huge uh, amount of uh, engineers at Nokia. Uh, they had a, a bit of uh, troubles uh, with, the, with the later uh, days, and, and uh, they, released, they released a big number of, of uh, engineers into the wild in the Finnish forests. <laughs> and then, so so uh, to put put into the perspective, I'm meeting these very skilled people daily, and and uh, and the the competition between uh, these new upcoming uh, companies, startups, is heavy, and all of them are thinking new ways, innovative ways to to build their services, build their uh, solutions and portfolio. And it's a combination of uh, public cloud, private cloud. I'm, I'm working in the, in the infrastructure part mainly. And, and, uh, and as you know, IBM stands for International Business Machines. So we still do have uh, quite a few uh, number of, of uh, different hardware models and, and uh, uh, solutions in, in our portfolio. And I see that uh, being an being a essential part. What we have done is we have really leveraged all the new technologies like container, container world, Linux world in our portfolio. So no matter what kind of technology you want to run, you can select if you run it on on-premise in your private cloud or public cloud. It's not the limiting factor. So, so whatever you want to do, uh, we, we don't limit you with, uh, with our offerings where you want to run it. And that's the, one of the most interesting part of, of, the, of uh, working with IBM and, and IBM uh, portfolio. Okay. So you're saying that if my investment in the basement, that it's, it's still good. Right, it's it's not antiquated. It's still got a future going forward. Um, can you give me can you give me a feeling for uh, what industries do you see um, taking that first step into being more innovative uh, with their existing infrastructure? Because I think a lot of people. The, the point I'm getting to is this: a lot of companies aren't doing so much because they're afraid or they say they don't have budget. And let's be realistic with this whole coronavirus thing going forward, the budgets won't be that big, but innovation will be more important than ever. So in your view, uh, what do you see as the low hanging fruit going forward with people with the infrastructure who've spent millions and millions in infrastructure and they need to innovate, but their budget's not that big? Can you give us can you give us some advice as to where was what's the first place to look? What's the first thing to do? How do we wrap our heads around this new world that we're in? 
Yeah, well, uh, from, from my perspective, uh, it all comes down to data. So, so okay. if, if you are in industry who, who is uh, built on data, and I, I really cannot think many industry today who are not uh, built their uh, core around data. So, so I, I see this, uh, <laughs> even if you wanted to have an example of some industry, I would say this applies to all industries because most of the, most of the future uh, businesses will be uh, digital and that means it's around data. So, so you need to be able to handle the data uh, better, uh, more cost efficiently, whether it's due to Corona, whether it's due to competition. There's many reasons you need to do that. But of course, probably the Corona will, uh, will uh, put pressure on the, on the uh, financial side of the, of the um, many companies and, and organizations. And, and all of those, I believe, need, still need to look into how they handle data and how to optimize the, the um, different data sources. And, and, and that's where we can help with uh, different virtualization technologies, where we, we make the infrastructure platform agnostic. So we don't need to care about whether this runs in public cloud whether this runs in, in uh, private cloud, uh, we can spread all of this uh, through the virtualization technologies uh, we at IBM have so that the data is available for uh, artificial intelligence or, or high performance computing or whatever kind of uh, needs you may have. When it comes to um, implementing this data um, in terms of time period, I'm just thinking that a lot of people, they're listening to what you're saying. And um, you talked about virtualizations and, and, and virtualization been around for some time. And uh, it, it sounds interesting. But with the, you know, when we all get back to work, um, we're going to be, as I said a moment ago, we're going to need to innovate. How fast can I start innovating with my company, with my, okay, let's, let's do a scenario. Cause I think most people in this scenario, um, there's two, two scenarios. One is companies, uh, has infrastructure in the basement, nothing in the cloud. Another company is they have infrastructure, infrastructure in the basement and in the cloud. How fast can I get to be more innovative and, and, to, and look at it from both, both those different groups? How long does it take to do that? How long? Well, our virtualization capabilities are available in, in uh, for example, in AWS. Uh, so click and you can, you can start using our virtualization for storage, for example. If you have your own, own hardware in your own premises, um, I would say from, from days to, to, uh, to weeks, to, to get it up and running. So, so it's not like uh, it's a, it's a, a year-long project. Uh, of course, it needs to be carefully, uh, carefully planned and implemented, but, but it's not uh, something that, uh, that you need to wait until your next uh, re hardware refresh cycle or, or, 
or something like that. So, so you can start right now and, and the, imme immediate savings. That's, that's fantastic. And what about the complications? I mean, what, just, does this take special resources, special knowledge? Um, do you have to hire outside companies or would the typical IT staff of a company be able to do this and manage it and, and help to innovate on that new platform? Well, that's the one of the fanciest points is that uh, uh, part of the TCO is the, is the uh, human aspect. Uh, you can start with your your own uh, own IT team uh, or your your service providers IT team. There's not really that much change in in the in the way they would do daily business. Uh, usually, it means uh, uh, heaps less uh, less work to do because everything is virtualized. But from skills perspective, uh, most of the guys and girls in the in the IT team can pick this up really fast. And 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 let's keep it simple again. And we've used the word virtual many times now. So a moment ago you said virtualized. Can you simplify that for everybody? What do you mean by virtualized? By by virtualized, we we uh, create the software layer between the hardware and the application. With that software layer, we can uh, do different kind of data reduction technologies. So you don't need to buy that much uh, physical hardware. We can do data optimization. So the less frequently used data can be moved to a cheaper, uh, cheaper uh, hardware or public cloud. So we can do optimization like that. Likewise, in the, in the server side, uh, we can virtualize uh, uh, applications in the, into the containers. So you need less hardware, less capex, and, and optimize your, your cost that way. Got it. You know, I want to touch on a word that um, is becoming a new buzzword, and a lot of leaders out there haven't heard it, but they're going to hear it more and more when they have the uh, IT meeting, and that's the Kubernetes, right? Um, and, and I just want to give everybody a heads up because I think from 2020, this will be this word you hear all the time. And, and, and we touched on virtualization and that's been around for a while. And you've done a wonderful job explaining what that is. But how does what is this word Kubernetes? What does that mean to my IT infrastructure? How is that going to save me money? Um, just keep, to take it from a very simple point of view. What is Kubernetes and why is it important to me as a business leader? Yes. Typically, um, applications uh, need operating system uh, to, to, to run. And also, in the case of, of uh, uh, Kubernetes, you need that. But, but the difference between uh, uh, traditional virtualization, where you always had uh, the operating system with the application and, and multiplied that, by the times, uh, by the by the number of, of applications, you created a huge number of uh, uh, wasted space, resources, money for the for the operating system layer. In the in the uh, Kubernetes world, you basically remove the uh, the copies of of the of the operating system and and you make the applications. Uh, somewhat independent, and and this 
not only saves, but it enables uh, you to run those applications wherever. So, for example, with the uh, Red Hat OpenShift uh, that, that we acquired uh, a, a while ago, you can actually run those uh, uh, container uh, Kubernetes uh, environment in public cloud. You can move those to your uh, on-premises no matter what uh, cloud provider or on-premise uh, provider you use. And, and, and as you know, Linux has been a, a big, uh, has played a big role within IBM since the early days of Linux. And, and, uh, and Kubernetes and the new, new applications are really based on the open source world. And that's what we have been embracing for quite some time. So, okay. so, so, so let me interrupt you here and, and let's paint a picture and keep this really simple for everybody. And correct me if I'm wrong. So Kubernetes is really the next generation of how we develop on these platforms. The virtualization world, you needed a hardware, you need an operating system and you develop the application and you could have thousands or tens of thousands. As you said, it could be incredibly uh, inefficient. We're using up huge amounts of space, you're buying tons and tons of servers, but some of these uh, services or applications aren't being utilized, but they're just sitting there occupying space. But in the Kubernetes world, it's much more efficient, it's lighter, it's faster, it's portable, it's able to work on the cloud, it's able to work on your infrastructure, it takes up less space. So you're telling me, did I get that right? Is that right, first of all? That is uh, exactly what I meant. Perfect. So that's so. So to the, the business leaders out there, what they should be understanding is that this new world of Kubernetes. Now Kubernetes has been around a while, but this new buzz term you're going to be hearing more and more. When you move your, it's not even infrastructure. When your infrastructure is running Kubernetes, you actually could get more out of your existing infrastructure than you can from the world of virtualization. So your IT department to all your business leaders out there. You're, you spent a fortune on virtualizing everything. I'm sorry. Or great job. Congratulations. Nothing wrong with that. But this new world of Kubernetes is you actually can get more life out of your existing uh, expenditures of your stuff, your infrastructure in the basement. Is that correct? That's correct. So Fantastic. It, it, it has evolved into in the new world. Yeah. And I think it's so important because not enough business leaders hear this simple explanation um, and understand the difference, and now they do, and why it's important to them, and why it benefits them. So um, is there a cost of moving my infrastructure from a virtualization infrastructure to a Kubernetes-based infrastructure? What is that type of journey? Is that a long journey? Does that take, let's do time-wise, does that take months to do, move that application from virtualization to Kubernetes? And then what is the cost to move it from virtualization to Kubernetes? Um, there is a path, so it is a journey, uh, depending on, on the applications, uh, how they have been developed. Uh, there's, of course, a lot of uh, legacy applications, and some of them are easier, some of them are harder. So, unfortunately, Thomas, I cannot say you right now that uh, it's going to be an easy path for everybody, but it's a path that uh, most companies and organization should start looking at right now and, and, mm. and mm. Take, take the planning right now. Um, 
And is that, um, and that's just, is it, when I want, let's turn, going to expense because every business, every CEO, every leader wants to know how expensive this is going to be. Is this a just, this is another development project and a development project per application? Um, yeah, yes. It's, it is the application and the application lifecycle and, and how those are being um, uh, cloudified to, to the new world. So making cloud native. Yeah. I, I think this. I think that picture is so important, and it's and it's uh, quite all right. I wasn't trying to put you in a corner that you you couldn't answer it, and your answer is one hundred hundred percent correct. Every application has to be looked at individually, and there'll be a certain time frame and cost for each individual one. But to the business leaders out there, what that's saying is, and you're Mister Infrastructure Man, so I'm trying to back you up on this, <laughs> and that is that. Your cost of your infrastructure, that wonderful basement full of all those noisy things with all that air conditioning down there, you had a pump in there, will live on. That is not antiquated. That is still has life in it. And that the infrastructure world, the world of hardware and servers is not dead. Even though the hype is definitely on the cloud computing side, there is still life in the basement. Uh, Peko, um, is, do you have any last words or insights do you want to share with everybody? Because you've been fantastic. You've covered a lot of things. You've done it a great job of keeping it simple. Any last words you want to share with us? Yeah, I, I would say the infrastructure will enable the, the uh, financial uh, uh, journey of, of moving into the uh, new cloud world of, uh, for the application. So, so we can definitely help on that path. To, to reduce the the, the uh, TCO for the for the infrastructure and and making the budget available for the for the journey to cloud. Awesome, well said, Peko uh, Parivarinta. My God, your name is killing me. But I love the Finns, so don't beat me up next time I'm in Finland. I thank you, Peko, for being on. The IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast. To all of you out there, please subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends, your colleagues. Stay safe, stay well, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Peko, take care. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.